Vote means order. Roll call. Mayor Rushkegaard. Yes. Frank. Yes. Moeller. Yes. Stankin. Yes. Waltman. Yes. Beckman. Yes. Would anybody like to address the Council of Public Forum? Jerry. My name is Jerry Walgrup. I live at 442 North State Road. And I wanted to talk to the Council this evening about uh, the speeding that goes on on that road. It's kind of, a lot of people think it's a racetrack. Um, a, lot, a lot of drivers going 45, 50 miles an hour. And I know we're a resort community, so we don't want to ticket everybody that makes a minor infraction. But I think we need to protect the people that are on that road. A lot of children, adults on bicycles, walkers, that golf carts, lots of golf carts. We have lots of kids. And, you know, and I just think we need to protect them. And uh, I've noticed in a lot of small communities, they have those uh, devices up on the telephone pole, the digital ones, which tell you how fast you're going and slow down and that kind of thing. And I think that might be a good reminder. We did have a speed limit sign out there that the state had put up, but it's been knocked down a couple years ago. Never got put back up. And it's just become a problem, I think. That's a real safety issue for our community. So that's what I want to present to you tonight. We can do something about that. Thank my driveway is always available for a cruiser to sit <laughs> <laughs> <And, you know, laughs> We have all that speed yep. the trailer thing. Uh, maybe the chief can put that out there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that road uh, earlier, I put it out here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we talked about that last, last week. Yeah. I, guess. Yeah. I think there's quite a few streets that people fly down. And, that, and I yeah. know they do it on there, but over by where we're at, you can hear them just flying past yeah. all the time. Most I think it's really helped on High Street where they got the one. Yeah. Didn't yeah, we use help. money from yeah. a grant? Um, we did. One yeah. Maybe yeah. we could look into that. See how many we get with the grant. In that case, just one at a time. Yeah, just in rough terms, the, the sign costs about fifteen hundred dollars, and and we get a thousand dollar grant from our insurance company each year. All right. And this last year, we we well, we used it for some safety stuff. This last year and the previous year, we used it for that sign. Well, the the chief is here. He'll figure it out. And today we talked about the trailer, and he was going to figure out how to run it because it's new to him. So. Oh, okay, that's fine. I, I'm that sure he'll be a good starting point. Yeah. We, if we can get some right. of those. Other signs till we get those in because yeah. we got to slow these folks down because yeah. I know none of them want to kill anybody. No, we'll increase the total. Of that set up What's that? We'll try to set up over there and run some radar and stuff like that, too. No, I know if you sit over in a DNR, I think they're going to see you. To be honest about yeah. it, I don't know if you can back in people's driveway or not, but um, when you sit in DNR, they can see you from either direction really easy. Yeah. So I just a thought, I don't know if you can park your people's driveways or not, but... He'll figure it out. Mine's available. Yeah. 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 Thank you. 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 Okay, consent agenda. Any additions or corrections? Nope. Motion to approve? So moved. Second. Second. Roll call. Holt. Yep. Beckman. Yes. Frank. Yes. Moeller. Yes. Stankham. Yes. Okay, we have a building permit for Joe Steinkuehler's house, 259 North State Road. It's been approved. It has been approved, yes. Motion. Second. Okay. Roll call. Holden. Yes. Frank. Yes. Beckman. Yes. Holtman. Yep. Stanky. Yes. We're going to put the city administrator report up to the top. 
Usually it's just an informational thing, but we're going to try it twice and see how it works. So we'll do that next. Okay, just yeah, there is just a few things here, um, just informational stuff. Uh, you see the new the new black police pickup truck out there. Um, anyway, it can turn around and get to the outfitter right away. So it goes to the outfitter on Wednesday, and we're uh, trying a, a different outfitter. It's called Stivers, and the outfitting cost would be right around seven thousand dollars because we are. Purchasing a light bar is the only the only piece of equipment being purchased. Otherwise, we're transferring everything else from the from the other uh, patrol vehicle. Is that any more? Walkie. Walkie. Yep. Uh, Lakeshore Drive engineer Dean and I had had gotten together for an, an initial walkthrough with the with the engineer on on Lakeshore Drive. So I know that they are are working on that. Expect to see some. Uh, activity on that here in the, uh, as far as the plans in the next few weeks. Um, Evapco grant on that on that water main. We're still awaiting to hear a word about that. You know, so we had finished that uh, that archaeological study and paid the bill for that tonight. But uh, anyway, it's pending with the with the economic development folks. Um, Evapco is going to going to really start to get a little. Little anxious about having water out there because their projects come along fantastic. Their construction is coming along great. So uh, anyway, we're still waiting word on that. Um, the DNR is is applying herbicide again to the to the lake, very similar to what they had done in the past. So this time it's basically one one pass around most of the perimeter of the lake at the ends of the docks. Same. Same thing that they did last year. When they applied last year, they only applied half of the amount of chemical that they did the year before. And so we have the remaining half of the chemical left. So the uh, the costs are actually just only application, about 4000 bucks for, for application. And most of, 75% of that's covered by a, uh, a grant from the from the DNR. When, when they do that, you know? When Wednesday, and just expect that it takes most of the day Wednesday. Uh, just a little update on, on pickleball then, too. Um, it mentioned in the, the council packet last time that, that the project had uh, received a, a grant for, for some additional funds. So the grant's for about $50,000. Now, the Lakeview Foundation had applied for that grant. And they were were awarded those funds, and um, so you know you have fifty thousand there, twenty five thousand from the Sac County Endowment, and and the city has has uh, committed twenty five thousand dollars to it. So you have this forty nine thousand dollar grant that is dollar for dollar match. So um, <coughs> what started off to be a little over a fifty thousand dollar project now can expand and have some other amenities that might go along with it. So. Uh, I guess, correct me if I'm wrong on anything here, Vicki, but uh, uh, looking at some additional sidewalks down there to access the pickleball court uh, benches, with the benches, I think, being inside the playing area, right? Is that inside the fence? I think we're still talking about that. Um, look at potentially a, a shade structure, and then also looking at some lighting. So Jeff had got some a couple of proposals on lighting. And this would be 25-foot poles at each corner of the pad. So it would be four, 
uh, for lights there. Can't we use the lights off the basketball court on the one side, on the south side basketball court? To... We've got one of those basketball lights that's already broke. It likes to spin. So I guess what I was thinking to always do our green power thing as buying or putting in so many LED lights a year. I thought about doing LED, light, LED lights on that course. Talking with them all, they're afraid that it's not going to be enough light with one light or two lights off of that. So I, I just I took it to Van Meter. They had their lighting guys do it, and I took it to Echo and Carol. They had their lighting guys do it. That's their two bids. And really, it's the committee is working on on some other things, such as location of of sidewalk and. And they've come to, I think, consensus on, on this specific type of bench that they'd really like to see, but something that much more up in the air would be anything pertaining to a shade. And I think the committee's still working on that idea, right? Do you know when the CMAS going to be formed? Do you have any idea? So we, we have the uh, the net standards we now have. We were, we've been waiting for those. And then I talked with Bruce about it, that he'd be able to be back in town and work on the project, what he said, in the, in the next few days. So we look for for some activity down there, and that uh, they would get that that knocked out relatively quickly. But then that concrete has to cure for forty five days, so you won't see any action there uh, for the next month and a half afterwards. My concern is with the shade structures. Make sure that we approve that before we go forward back to see what it is. I don't want to block any more view, mm -hmm. especially after your last closed meeting or last week's meeting. Um, just so we look at that. Yeah, you bet. That's everything I had for now, Eric. Okay, we're going to move on to the electric fences we talked about at the last council meeting. So, if anybody would like to bring anything up, now's the time to come to the podium. And once the council goes to a motion on the second, then the public is done. So, if you want to say something, now's the time to do it. Brad? Um, it's just a little bit concerned that why we had to move this. We just say in the ordinance there is no electric fence as well as town. Um, you know, I'm sure all you council members, the mayor and Scott, um, yeah, gang, you guys got probably grandchildren and stuff. You. You probably wouldn't like electric fence near your house, you know. Um, to me, electric fences are made for all the country. Um, you know, you can sit and preach and preach and preach to your kids not to go over there. You know, a ball rolls in somebody's yard, just just like rolling across the street. They're gonna go after it. Um, you know, it's I guess. After leaving last meeting, um, you guys talked about a safety issue down at Harrison Street. You know, for emergency vehicles to get through. I understand that. You know, being a fire department, we got big trucks, we got to get through. I look at this as a safety issue too for children and even other people. I mean, you don't know. So, um, kind of did a little research in it. Six-fold fence doesn't put six bolts on. It puts one and six bolts. 
I don't know how they're built. They got a capacitor. You know, capacitors put a lot of voltage off. Um, you know, I kind of learned some other stuff in this whole deal that people do end up with side effects from even a low voltage shock. So, this is all my concerns. Um, you know, I don't know, do you know how much joules your fencer puts off? I just talked to an electrician right after the meeting. And real known, Al Jacobson, six volts. He said if I was an electric fence, not an electric with a 12 volt, it would jump out, does that be good? Six volt like that, you could touch. He said, and it's not going to do anything to you. That's what he was telling me. And I said, um, I, another thing is, I guess my feel is, like I said, I want Jared to shut it off, and shut it off in, in the morning and put it on at night. And then, as far as the ball going over there, you know, I know your kids. I see them out there, you know. But it's seventy-five feet almost to your from your doorstep to my garden. Sure, a ball rolls over there. That ball, the way I have the wires, they're not going to cross it. You touch the ball, sure. If they want to play with the fence, well, when I was younger, I never played with fence. Because I knew it was hot. You know, I guess you learn less, and this ain't going to kill you. Like, going, and I've never heard anybody in my life that gets shocked by an electric fence that um, was like six volt, and the solar fences, you know, I'm talking about not like 110 where you plug in. The solar fence supposed to be like half, he said, or less than the electric fence. You could go there if you had grass sticking up against it and pop it. This one does not do that at all. But it's still an electric fence. Solar. Yes, but according to our code, it's still an electric fence, and that is not according to our current code. Yeah, but also there's trespassing on it too. You know, seventy-five feet is a long ways to go in the yard. To me, that's a separate issue. I understand what you're saying, but the code right now, as it sits, says... I never even knew there was a code until brought up here just a couple weeks ago about electric fence or anything. Before that, I had electric fence up for five years, and it was electric. It wasn't solar. So let me ask you this. and I've, I've lost a lot of sleep over this fence deal because I see both sides of it. We have, it is in our code, no electrified fences. We talked about at the last council meeting that that is, was probably designed for permanent fences. I spent some time this weekend driving around. We have other electric fences in town as well. But we also have in that same code, no chicken wire. Correct? Mm -hmm. I can show you pictures of several permanent fences that have chicken wire on. So my question to you guys, I mean, Ray's here, Juke's here, Brad's here, the rest of the council is, can we come up with a solution to do something with, to eliminate the electric fence for the hazard, but yet still allow to have like a chicken wire type fence or something to keep the deer and the rabbits and that type of stuff out? We have two electric fences in town that I know of, but we have at least a half a dozen or more chicken wire type fences or corrugated fences. I'm trying to find a soft medium here, or a happy medium, I guess you'd say. I get I get the girl, Brad Garls' side of it. I got grandkids. I don't know if I'd want them touching electric fence. I get Juki and Ray's side. I've got deer running around. I don't want them in there. 
I also get to the fact that if a ball runs into my garden, I don't want kids walking around in my garden either, even if there's no fence there. So how do we keep that stuff out? I'm, I'm looking for some input from you guys that are have the issues on both sides and what can we do to change the code the proper way to serve it? Because if we have the code and we don't follow it, what good's the code? That's the way I look at it. I was just thinking if you that? shut it off in the morning, we're not enforcing nothing. Yeah. I mean, I can, I, I got several pictures I can show the rest of the council on these fences. And when somebody says it's temporary, well, it's not temporary when there's a wooden two by two in the ground, a few feet that's stapled to the two by two, and it's six, eight feet tall. So, you know, yes. I have two solar fences, one from my garden around the back. I've got 18 fruit trees, seven grapes out there. And a large garden. If so it wasn't for that, I could not keep the deer out. So I spent a lot of money putting this vineyard in on the reason. I, I, I totally agree with you, Ray, but uh, I'm asking is there a separate or different type of solution to try to keep up? Like in, I, I got a picture of yours, and I think yours looks great. And nobody, you know, you can't really tell it's a fence, but you can see the yellow wire going around it. You know, and you're, I know the, pri the, the purpose of it, but it is in our code no electrified fences. I mean, but Scott's last meeting says, well, I think that's more for permanent. These are temporary. Well, I agree with that. It probably was more for permanent, not temporary. But now we've got temporary fences going on, and we've got all kinds of other fences that's in that same code. And I'm trying to find the right solution. But the code isn't very specific then. If you're Correct. Talking about that's whether or not it's permanent versus a temporary fence. Yeah, Correct. As far as the shock, I have bumped against mine every year, probably eight, ten times a year. And it's more surprised than what it is shock. I mean, it hasn't hurt me yet. I mean, I've got a weak heart and everything else. Volts or whatever is yours or something. There are six volts solar out in the what they put down, but I would grab there's, onto it. Somehow it's solar. Hand, I would grab onto it. So you're you're solar. Solar. But you're solar. Yeah, I got two solar. You're an adult. You're not like a four or five year old. Well, it, um, I had four or five when I was younger. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I when I was a little kid, probably four or five years old, my dad grabbed on the fence and had my brother and held on his hand, and I held on his that hand. That was to teach you not to fight. Right. People have to be There's a fence there. It's there for a reason. Especially if it's on somebody else's property. Can I make a comment? Yes, Jim. I don't know how much research you guys did on these solar power six volt charge fence. I don't know what, how bad these guys have for uh, fencers, but I just pulled up one online, pulled one random out of my hat. Six volt solar power electric fence is capable of sending a charge for 25 miles of fence. Okay, it takes they rate them on joules, that's how they rate them, and it tests it takes less than 0.10 percent of a joule to do the job for most fences for an animal. And this one will put out at its low side 0.75. Up to 1.6. So I know every adult in here is probably, they grew up in a small town, probably tucked in a special electric fence and got shot. There's a difference whether you're wearing your tennis shoes or barefooted in the grass. There's a difference if you're 250 pounds or 30 pounds on what it's going to do to you. So maybe you want to take a look at that side. I just know that my fence that I have up there, I think it said like three to five miles. That's what I'll run. But the shorter the fence, the less resistance, the better the charge is going to be. Any electrician in here knows that. SDF. 
resistance makes a difference in how long the fence is and how much charge you can put out. So this will be the eighth year. You're discussing something that's already in ordinance. No yeah. electric fence. Permanent or temporary, says no way. And as you well know, Jim, there's a lot of ordinances that we don't follow the way we're supposed to. Exactly. We, we can find because them everywhere. It's already an ordinance. Right, it's an ordinance. And, you know. Safety is ordinance. You're not going to abide by your ordinance. You're wasting your time here. I agree. Correct. I shut my fence off every single morning between 5 and 6 o'clock. Don't turn it on until dark at night. And anybody who comes around after night stress-passing, they deserve to get a shot from surprise. So you don't think another type of fence would work for them? No. It'd have to be eight to ten foot tall. Keep your out, I guarantee you. You live down our neighborhood, you need yes. high Here's fence. Here's a electric fence. Either that or I can buy one of them like this in the high street. You don't That's hear like a dog here. Hello. That'll take care of it. Then your dog will be driving you crazy. Can you say that again? They make one that makes a high street. She just put it pods on each end of the garden, makes a high street, high pitch noise, but it drives everybody's dogs nuts around. Better take the deer away from there. Well, how far do them places reach? And then I do not know. I just thought someone told me about it. So the question is whether the council could come up with some sort of a change yeah. or just enforce what I we're mean, doing. I mean, just like Ray so said, we shut them off in the morning, put them on at night. What's the big deal? So here's my point. We have... Of, of ordinance that state and Scott, you might have a copy, but I don't have mine with me. Just that I put it, I, it, it in your in packet, in your memo. Just that the one, what page, page, the one paragraph is on there. What page? Right here, page so, well, this this is a this is not our. That's a oh, shall be constructed of materials commonly used for landscaping or fencing, such as masonry, block, brick, fieldstone, limestone, concrete, lumber, vinyl, or chain link, but shall not include corrugated sheet metal, chicken wire, livestock panels, savage material, or be electrified. So my point, this is my opinion, if we are going to enforce no electric fences, we need to enforce no chicken wire. And that's where, that's where we got to go, isn't it? Or... We have to come up with some type of temporary fence ordinance for gardens. <clears throat> and I don't know the right answer. I do, I've lost way too much sleep over this fence. I'm looking for input. I don't know maybe the dog thing is or the squilching thing is the right thing. And I don't know that neither, Dale. I, I, I never just, looked into it enough. I'm just saying that we've got a code. We have ordinances. It's no different than we're not supposed to have campers parked in the yard hooked up to water and sewer. We had one of them for a couple of weeks. Uh, not that I'm against it. I think we should we be able to do it. Enforcing our That's my point. If we're going to have them, we should enforce them. If we're not going to enforce them, there's no sense happening. And if we need to change it for this type of situation, we need the sensible answer that fits everybody. That's my opinion. Oh, you have anything against it, Brad? You got it off or not? I'm sticking by that as an ordinance. Yeah, because you just don't want to be a good neighbor. Because a good neighbor don't go over to go and watch me put it up and don't say nothing, and then comes up here to talk to Scott. You just said something. I'd have shut it off. Most people in the sponsor room know that they've been arguing with anybody. Well, that's what I care. 
That's the action of the city council. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have a question about chicken <coughs> wire. it on the agenda. Okay. I mean, because I know some people that, I mean, for years I had chicken wire around my garden. And I didn't know there was an ordinance I couldn't have it there because that's the only thing that keeps rabbiting deer out of it. I think we need to look at this a lot more. I do too. Um, because it is such a you know. and, and I know what you're saying about, you know, I had to cut in like the French when I was a kid. But not all kids are the same, and I have, I must speak for myself. I have an autistic grandson, and if he's out there in that yard and he does not know better because you try to train him, but he goes out of stuff, his yard and into somebody else's, and that fence is there, I don't want him being touching that. I don't. So. Yeah, but you don't want an autistic kid in your garden either. Neither. I understand that. So, and I'm just talking out loud here, trying to do a little common sense back and forth. I don't want kids touching electric fence either. In the meantime, until we come up with a proper ordinance to enforce for wire and fences around gardens, because obviously we don't have the proper one today, can we do something temporary? where it's off at 6 in the morning, not on until after 9 at night, and it's flagged and, and, and um, so they can see it more obvious for the safety of children and stuff. Is that, would that serve until we come up with something? Are you, are Does you, that make sense? I don't know if I get up at 6, though, if I got 7. <laughs> 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 you can put it on a time. I could. Make sure that no more no, are going up. Or, yeah, yeah, I would say, not yeah, and I don't know how many we have now. I know right. I know of the two different people. Maybe about that's all I know. But I'm just trying to, until, because I don't think this is a five-minute fix. No, it's not. And... I mean, this is a two-week deal that's been going on now. But I would like to see, like, so Ray's is yellow. You can see that wire pretty well. Juki's is not yellow. So if there's some way to hang some warning signs, some around it, you know, am I making sense to you? I'll just shut it off in the morning. I'll just but, make but, sure I shut it off. But, but I'm saying even... I'll put a red, I'll put a red flag by the, by the... Where I turn it on. But it's not just where you turn it on. So what I'm saying is... The dredge, for example, has the pipe in the water, and there's all kinds of warning things up where that dredge pipe is going. I know, but it's I not. It's not just where the dredge is at. Okay, follow what I'm saying. It's the it's the same scenario. So that fence goes all the way around there, not just where their power box is at, and I don't know what corner it is or in the middle. But does it take much to put up a little sign that says "Warning: Electric Fence Do Not Touch"? And kids can't read it, but a warning sign. You know, you yeah. go you go by a you go down to a yeah, but you guys want me to shut it off or on in the morning? Well, I don't know. Time. I don't know. We're going to have to some sort of a decision from the council. But I was thinking of just, when I go, before I go to work, shut it off. And then when I come home, after I get done mowing, and then put it on. Do that also. I mean, well, then I got to know what's on or off. And what time, what time is that then? Seven. Seven. Seven in the morning, nine at night. I mean, no. we, need to, we need to figure out a solution, a temporary solution, until we get a perfect one. Right. Yeah, maybe my garden will be done by then. I'll have my vegetables off, and then I'll shut it off. How long, how long do you typically have a garden that you need to... Fence spring, to spring to fall. Mm -hmm. Just like any garden you put in. I have to use my one fencer for my fruit trees all year. 
Otherwise, the deer would come out and eat the bark off the so trees. On your fruit but trees, but that's way back when the DNR, you know, there's nobody back there. On your fruit trees, do you shut that off during the day as well, or just the one in the front? When I go down the garden, yeah, usually. But it's I shut my front one off when I get up at usually five five thirty, and the other one I go down the garden by seven something like that. Since you guys are so early, can you hold the two pieces? Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, the, the select apprentice is a code, right? City ordinance? Yeah, city code. So as soon as we start saying that we're going to make exceptions right now, before we change the code, basically you're telling everybody in the public that if they got a disagreement yeah. against something in the code, they're going to be able to come here, complain to you guys, and you'll be able to change it to their, yep. their needs. And we're, and we're just going to be doing a vicious circle on so, every single... I'm going to ask you, as a council, if we're going to make these folks remove their electric fence... Are we going to make everybody in town remove their chicken wire? Because what's good for one is good for the other. Until we come up with a viable solution. And let me tell you, there is a lot of chicken wire fences in this town. Some are permanent, some, some are temporary. Some are around peony bushes, and there's, there's okay. a lot of chicken wire. And I think it's uh, the general public, just like these two folks here, did not know electric fences weren't allowed on the chicken wire. So here's our dilemma. We have this ordinance that's going to take to come up with a new ordinance next council meeting. Then it's going to take three readings after that. Mm -hmm. So, what Chris is saying is we got an ordinance, you got to follow it. So, right now, no electric fence. Don't, I don't care if you have one or not in the long run, if that's what your council decides. That's, right. I'm just looking at it. Where we're at right now, and what's going to happen in the future when we start doing What's what's the fine if you if they get have a fence? What's the citation going to say? Ten dollar fine or what? Uh, yeah, they. The fence I think is up to seven hundred fifty dollars for any violation of city code. Because we have a code that says you have to have a sidewalk in front of your house. We don't enforce that one either, right? There's there's some of them out there that don't. You got to pick, pick them. It. Uh, <laughs> The other thing about about the, this code, I guess, is, is that it's a zoning code. It's not a it, it's a zoning code. It, it's not uh, a code can, you know codified within the code of ordinances. You know, um, so and that and when you talk about the the notion of of temporary versus permanent, that's that's, that's an important distinction, at least in the zoning code there, because the you know the regulations kick in would be like if you're going to issue a permit for something or not whether they would meet the the uh, the regulations and if it if it's a temporary something that we just wouldn't even know that it's there um, you know it, it, we yeah, just we wouldn't sh even know it's there we should have known if an electric fence is up as a, as a city we should know when one of those is put up that's how I feel you had to walk. You had to walk around every yard. I realize that, but at the same time, you know, maybe if we were enforcing this, we would we would know, you know. And we're not we're not enforcing it. That's the whole issue. We have it on the books, but it's not being enforced. And if we're not going to enforce it, then yes, maybe we do need to come up with a different. Well, if I had a garden and I wanted to keep animals out of it, I'd want to have to be able to put up some type of right. chicken wire type fence. Um, but we 
we can't in this town, and I think that's something that needs to be looked at, and I don't think we have the right answer tonight. I don't either. So I think I'll make a motion we table the electrified fence issue until we can put a committee together to come up with the right solution. But in the meantime, those will be shut off during the day, right? Yep. Oh. I know I said. And, and you'll find some way to mark yours, at least that. No, I'll put a sign up that says Brad's here. Brad's here. And I'll, you don't need to do that. Okay. Is there a second one? Get a committee together, second? <coughs> yes. It looks like I two, would two, like two, two people right over there. That'd be yeah. happy to be on. So did we, did we get a second? Not yet. I'll give it to the second. Okay. So to table, to table and, and create a committee. And who might our committee be? Tammy. And Dale. And Mike. <laughs> Mike wasn't too excited about it. All right, I'll do it. Mike hasn't said too much about it. No, I, I, I can see both sides. I, well, I, I want to see a healthy either. garden, but yeah, I want to see the safety of the kids. So yeah. yeah, I guess the other, the other way to look at this then is, I mean, you're welcome to have a council committee if you'd like. The other thing would be to refer to planning zoning. But, uh, well, I, think, I think it should be the council also. committee and then we'll have the final yeah. say on it. Yeah, it could be the final say, and I think with this conversation that everybody understands what's going on and we've got to start enforcing our ordinances or not have them. That's my opinion. Mm -hmm. And this one's a little, when I say a little different, it's a little different because there's, I'll bet you there's 50 people in town that are not in compliance with this ordinance. Mm -hmm. And that's just a wild guess. I drove around tonight for a half hour and I bet you I got eight. Yeah, you know, the truth is we could probably go to every house and kind of find yeah. Some violation of the Right. Right. And, you know, we'd have to have probably two full time officers going around and all that. <laughs> so just keep that in mind. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think I think we need to have ordinances that make sense. Yeah. yeah. I agree. And I don't know if this, I think this makes sense for a permanent fence, but not a temporary fence around the garden. I'm curious okay. about <laughs> what the thought process when they came up with this ordinance. What was the issue that started out? When would, I wonder when it was established. Yeah. This was, uh, you know, we redid the zoning code around in 2000. It seems like there might have been altered once since then, a few years later. And it's, it's been a long established code. Um, but certainly from, from implementation, it would be more on the, uh, on the permanent structure side of things and, and that someone would come in and request a permit. And, and based upon, the uh, criteria of the ordinance would determine whether they'd get a permit for the fence. Let's roll call. Let's run this through. I have okay. More on that. Sorry. Go ahead. I'd rather look at a woven fence. Oh, what? You see along the field or along the road ditch. Or a checking water fence. Oh. I mean, but they're also in our code. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, yeah. if you're going to change something, please give your input to the committee members. Right. I would suggest that you look at other city codes. Yeah, I was going to say that same thing. What are they doing? Yep. Roll call. Okay, so this is uh, the motion is to table and create a council committee. Council committee is Dan and Mike. Yep. Okay. Beckman. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Moeller. Yes. Frank. Yes. Holtman. Yep. And we'll shut it off during the day. That's a yep. compromise for now. Thank you. Nine. Nine. Okay, we have to, anyway, thanks everybody for your input. Historic Preservation Commission would like to discuss the stone piers. <laughs> That's me. <laughs>
Uh, in January, I was here, and someone had mentioned something we needed to check the stone piers, and you're right. <laughs> well, they're in need of repair. And so we have started uh, checking in to, we, we contacted a mason, the same mason who repaired it the first time, came down, inspected what he could see, and said, yes, it needs work. The grouting is coming apart between the rocks. There's... Um, some good things, I mean, there's good things to say, the landings on some of the, on some of the, um, the stone pier that they have the casters on, the two landings and the walls that were there that were in really bad shape last time, he said they look fine. Uh, we're concerned there's a chunk missing out of the other stone pier, um, a lot of the, there's some cracks in the cement, and it's just from where... Iowa winters is what they're saying. We don't know what it looks like underneath the water level. And the Mason said that whomever we get to an engineer, or as we research this, whenever we secure an engineer, we should contact a Mason also that can go down and check the rocks underneath. The last time it was done, it was not. He, he felt that that was not addressed. And when they built the copper dams and pulled that water back, there was a lot more damage under the water line than what, what was known. And um, so we went back in the minutes, because everybody knows, you know, this started back in 1996, if you recall, and we didn't get the project done until 1999. It takes a while. We need to know um, if we need to contact the DNR again. They were involved in it the first time. So we're going to have to visit with them. And uh, I know there was an officer here that, that worked with us. And uh, we've been looking into uh, possible engineers, and we figure the DNR may have some like. But we also know that the stone piers are on the National Register of Historical Places. And in order to do that, uh, in, in order to be there, uh, they have a little bit of criteria we need to follow also. Now, Mr. Henry, who came down and inspected the piers, he was the one who fixed them back in 1999. He is willing to come back and do that again. His son, he's getting to, to the age where he wants to retire. Can't blame him. And his son has gone through an apprenticeship, and uh, he's willing to work with his son if we decide to do it. And I said, well, it's not going to be something we do this year because it takes a while for us to write grants. And, um, I know last time we got a $75,000 work where we, we got, uh, we're looking at um, some of the other ones like the Save Our Structure grant. Uh, there's RACI grant. I mean, we're going to look into all of those and see. The If you recall back in 1999, this project cost $177,000. It's not cheap. And both, both peers need to be done. So we're back here. Just to let you know what we're going to be doing. It's going to take, like I said, we plan on getting things started with the DNR. So I was just wondering, Scott, you were here back in 99. Mm -hmm. Is there a reason why the DNR, is it because it's a state lake that they have to be involved? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the lake the DNR is going to want to be involved. And... So that's what we just want to let you know that it has been addressed. We are working on it. It's just going to take some time and a lot of grant writing. So.
Any questions? Yeah, is there with the stone pier down there? I know there's signs that says no diving. Is that is there any signs in there about no swimming at all? So it can keep them off there from crawling over. And, you know what I'm saying? Put a no swimming sign on there. And also keep them from. I'm just <coughs> curious. Yeah, uh, you do have the. I think it just says no diving. No rocks, diving. Rocks in shallow water. And that's you, the one sign that's there. Uh, one of the corners that you know they were crawling around and they're kicking rocks off or stone off the pier mm -hmm. into the water. So just put the sign up. I don't know if it'll stop them, but at least try to we keep some people rocks. off until you get it fixed. On that north pier, there is one corner that's been beat up bad. Yeah. Walked down there the other day. So it's just you know we're we're hoping that um hoping. That because, you know, in 1996, 98, well, 99, when they actually did the repair work the first time, that was the first time it had been addressed since they had been built in the 1930s. So we're hoping, since it's only, it hasn't been as long, that maybe under the water we're not going to have the deterioration as, yeah, as bad as it was. Um, if you look at the Stone Pierce Club in the grouting, you can really see some pretty good sized cracks. Um, then we talked about maintenance between, hopefully, um, it almost needs yearly maintenance as far as um, they're suggesting some special type of um, caulking that you can put in there and it will keep, you know, kind of keep it longer. So, we're looking at it, checking it over, and it's going to take a who, process. What division or who's helping or who does <coughs> the grant writing? Is that the historical well, Becky Connor did it for us back in the 1990s, and I don't think she does it anymore. Connie Eason, I guess, writes grants. Um, mm -hmm. We've John Smith has written some for us that we've gotten money for. Um, I mean, we've done a few of our own, too. Um, so, we're just going to... Have you started that process, then? No. We, do, the, we just started this. We just had them inspected, what's that, a week ago, Scott? <laughs> yeah. So... We just kind of wanted to know how and what kind of condition. He picked up some of it, the grouting, and you could just crumble it in your hands. Sands, you know, some of the rocks are not real hard. So it is what it is. Using native rock. So just to give you an idea of what's going on. Thanks, Sue. Thank you. Hey, one other, one other thing, I guess, real quick while you're here, Sue. Can you give them the two minutes on. Uh, on the mineral springs. Oh, okay. I just have one, one thing about the piers. I thought we talked about maybe doing some temporary work but until we, you know, the, obviously the whole part is going to be huge, but some of the. When that's what she was talking about, about this grout and whatnot, <laughs> and, and that we could, uh, or excuse me, not the grout, the caulk. That, that there was some special masonry caulk yeah. that, that we needed to explore. Mr. Henry was had mentioned that. Uh, <laughs> you want to say anything about the mineral spring? No. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, thanks, Vicki. <laughs> well, the park board and the HPC got together. We went down to the mineral springs. And um, it needs work, for sure. And we're thinking about uh, scraping the paint and getting that repainted, uh, maybe contracting that job done. Uh, we hit there's some uh, wash out along the cement that needs to be 
we've thought about putting a lighter there and adding some rock and then, you know, bigger rocks and some dirt there to keep it from running off again. Uh, just kind of addressing some of the issues there. At when the Mineral Springs was first put there, it had a tile roof on it. And if you notice now, it's asphalt. Um, we, we did have someone come that does reconstruction work, and their bid on it was $21,000 to repair it. Um, because the bench inside there is the original bench that was put there when the spring was working. And we'd like to restore it. And you'll notice there's green tile and there's some cement work that needs to be done. But I think the first initial thing, if I'm not, Vicki can, we talked about painting first, was kind of the first and foremost. And we're going to work together with the park board, getting bids on finding a good outside exterior paint and a contractor to apply it. And that's where we're at right now. Great, thank you. Thank you. You're a busy group. <clears throat> yes. Oh, by the way, we digitized all the Lakeview Resorts from the beginning to 1981, and we took donations for that. Uh, we got it covered. Oh, thank you. We awesome. raised over ten thousand dollars for that. Oh, wow. great. Yeah. So you can go to the Lakeview Library webpage, and they have a link there. And you click it, you can look at the resorts, the Chronicle, the Sack Sun, the Wallach Blade, and any other thing they have on there. Well, don't be discouraged if you have a little trouble. And it's a little, it, it, they've been working on the site, so it's a little small once in a while. But it's a lot of fun. Thank you. That clock, is that something that you guys could do, Dean, to slow things up? Take a look at it. Yeah, and want to probably get the mason back here with his specific product, product. that he uses, and um, have have him do a portion so that we could, so could really see what's involved with it. Slow it up. Pardon me. Do that on the water side. They can hot. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Okay, we'll move on. We got options for surfacing Hanson Street. Dean, or you want to introduce our fellow here? So uh, this is Tracy. Uh, he did our streets on sixth and seventh from Midwest Coatings. Hi, Tracy Thompson with Midwest Coatings in Mobile, Iowa. Dean asked me to. Um, so we had a bunch. We had about six hundred and fifty tons of millings that came out of the streets that we did and uh, what was the best way to, to use them. And he mentioned Hanson Street. Um, so I ran some numbers. We talked about several options uh, uh, with the millings and then also with uh, some grading, seal coat, and then also asphalt paving it. Um, so with the, it's approximately from 5th Street, from the concrete apron uh, on 5th Street north up to, there's a, there's a concrete slab out in front of those salt sheds, uh, those hoop buildings. That's where I measured to. It's approximately 1,200 feet. Um, down closer to 5th, it's 26 goes to 28. I mean, you can get wider and wider and wider. For the most part, I'd say it's about 28 all the way through there. 
I don't know what you want to do when you get up to, like, the city shed. <clears throat> there are concrete aprons for people's driveways that you're going to have to match with whatever you do, whether you're paving it or, or replacing the millings. Um, that grade can't really be changed. Um, and then the apron at the uh, you know, I, those things I don't know if you want to match, tie into those, or if we're just going to go straight like 28 feet wide. So I just <coughs> basically used the 1200 by 30 feet wide, and that would cover. Uh, it might, it, I'm not, it's approximate. Um, and with the millings, it's, it's, it doesn't really matter. No grade is going to be changed. With the millings, what we would do is we take the millings from where they're sitting right now, bring them over, and place them on, just right on top of what's there right now. And then we would process them with a reclaimer, which is a big, uh, tiller for asphalt and there's chunks like this where when we get done there won't be any chunks in it it'll be nice fine material and we'll regrade it and recompact it but nothing's really going to change that material is just going to go uh it's going to be about two and a half i would say somewhere between two and three inches thick is what you'll end up with it's not very thick to to be put in a reclaimer. I mean, typically we run those reclaimers six to eight, even even 12, 14 inches deep. But we could do it if it's around three inches. We've done it before where there's a door. I don't want to get too much into it, but there's a door on the back and, and we can close it. So it'll just keep, if there's, if, a big chunk passes the drum, it can't get out, goes around and it keeps beating it up until it's, until it's, you know, three eighths minus. Um, so to do that, basically we, the city wouldn't have, you guys wouldn't have to do anything. We'll bring a loader, we'll load it on the trucks, move it over on there and then we'll move a motor grader up, we'll reclaim it, regrade it, recompact it, that's it. That bid is roughly $18,000. And you use, you're getting rid of all your millings. And it'll keep the dust down. And it'll add to a base. <clears throat> That's about it. I mean, it's, it's granular material. It's going to pothole just like a rubber is. So it's, it's a way to use your material. Um, and kind of keep the dust down. There are other things you can do after you put the millings down. You could put a rejuvenator down. That helps fog seal it. Uh, I personally would probably skip all that. It's, if you ask me, I'm <coughs> waste money. Um, option number two would be to seal coat it. Um, so seal coat it. It's dust control. A lot of little towns have it for their streets. That's all that's there is seal coat. There's maybe eight inches of seal coat that they put down over the last 20 years or so or longer. Um, so one course 
of seal coat. Again, all we're doing is fine grading this to enough to put seal coat down. You know, there's no major grade changes. It's basically gonna, the way it drains right now, it's gonna drain that way again. Um, a single course is roughly $16,600. Um, that's, so 4,000 square yards at $4.15 a square yard is $16,600. A second course is 4,000 square yards at seven fifty. The second course gets cheaper because we don't have to, the grading is you don't have to grade it for the second course. So that's why the second course is cheaper than the first course. What was the second course number? Well, I, it's it's seven fifty for two courses, four fifteen for one course. Um, and that's so we'll shoot. We can anyway. We can shoot emulsion, we can shoot a cutback, there's really not much of a difference. Um, I'd probably use a, uh, an emulsion, which is a CRS2P. It's all BOT materials. Um, the aggregate that you use is up to you. Um, we can bring in quartzite, which is the pink aggregate from Seafall, or we can get it from right over here at Wall Lake. Question for you. On these millies, you talked about you can do them three inches, four inches, five, six, eight inches thick or whatever. So when you come in and like you came in and milled these streets that you just did, you can can you not take them millies and re put them back in and reuse them on the street? Does that say when you redo the street in the future? Or? Well, you can. You can. But here's what you do it, it gets expensive. Is it more expensive than just the initial stuff? Well, I'm guessing what you're what you're saying is, could we use the millings underneath on another street that you were to pave? So, what you here's what you would have to do: you because you have curb gutter most everywhere, right? So, you would have to mill out. Say you got four. Well, yeah, you do have. I'd say you're you don't have quite five on what I've seen. So you have to be kind of careful when you mill out. If you have, say you have four inches of the top mix there, and you're going to mill three out, which is what we were going to do, um, you're only leaving yourself an inch of material to hold truck after truck after truck after truck, you know. I mean, you destroy subgrades that way. And so basically what you would have to do is you could save those. Those millings are good. There's no dirt in them because there's we, we didn't go down to the dirt. But then you'd have to over-excavate the subgrade, which means take another three inches of, of dirt and whatever's left of the asphalt. Then take those millings, bring them back, put in, it's too, it gets very, it's just, it gets costly. So it's more costly to do that than it is to just put new asphalt back up. That's my question. Yeah. Because you're still going to have to cover it up with new asphalt. So, you know, ideally these millings are great for for roads that that maybe you're trying to build up or or don't have curb and gutter and you have room to raise them. I mean, that's ideal. Um, you could incorporate them in 
to what's already there. I don't recommend doing that because all you're going to do is take the material that's already there, mix it in with this, and that you got really not so hot material. Um, anything you do granular, whether it's millings or gravel roads or whatever, unless they get sealed up, they're going to keep doing it. They're just going to keep doing it. They're going to keep getting potholes and they're going to get soft spots and fail. Um, I did put a number together on, on paving it. So that same 4,000 square yards, and that's approximately, it's about 800 or 900 tons. <coughs> At 158 bucks a ton is $142,200. That is, again, we're not going to change the grade tremendously. I mean, we can de-mention we want you want to put a crown in it get crown all the way down through there, which you can do it in some places, but some places that you can't because you have to match some existing concrete structures. Uh, and even though it looks like, oh, it's easy to say, let's just put a crown in this and uh, over a 30 foot wide uh, road, you might be dropping that outside a uh, foot just to get 2% slope. You say you're going to put 900 tons there. Is that approximately four inches thick? That is. It's two two lifts of two inches. So basically, we'd come in and either either we'd water it real well, get it soft enough. The road is hard. I mean, it's it's very hard. It's a great subgrade. Um, we'd have to water it just to get it to where we could cut it with a motor grader to fine grade it. Or we could bring our mill back in and we can trim it with that. And basically we can set slope on that and we'll get exactly what we want. I mean, we could set it, we will paint the center line and then say we want 2% slope. We can cut 2% slope in it, but you might by the time on the, on the east side, by the time you get down to where you're, you know, on the outside edge at four inches, you you might be more than four inches if you're running off slope. So say you're gonna you're trimming it, you want to get two percent, you're gonna take say an inch at the center line, but you're cutting two percent. I could probably tell you exactly what it'd be if we shot it, but I didn't. But you can set the mill at two percent, but you might be this deep, and then you're gonna be then you got a bunch of dirt you need to move after the fact, and we're I mean, we can backfill and shoulder and that kind of thing, but we're not, we don't have scrapers, you know. Right. So, um, but that is, is get it, get it prepped, get it ready, lay two inches, back back up, and lay two more inches. And that's 142. Um, like I said, it's 900 tons, approximately 158. That's about... I think that's about eight or nine dollars a ton cheaper than we did the project we just did. So we have a replay coming. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's not as much milling. There's not as much milling. Instead of milling taking three inches out, we're just basically kind of trimming. So it saves some save you some money there. But uh, those are kind of the three options I think
you asked about. I mean, I to me, eighteen thousand dollars to to move the millings and process them, and you can chip seal it. You can put one, you can, you can trim it, and put one course of chip seal on, and the chip seal is cheaper. So what's what's the uh, uh, so if you put just put that chip seal over that base that's there right now, and knowing that it's an industrial area and you're getting some heavy traffic back and forth on that, what's the what's the expectation for that seal grow? Three years maybe. You're gonna have well, sing, I wouldn't do a single. We almost never put a seal uh, a single course seal coat over a granular base anymore. Ever because it doesn't last. It's never gonna last. Because <coughs> it doesn't work. And everyone asks for it because they see the number and it's always half the price. And so do it the cheapest way. And then the next year they go, hey, how come this fell apart? Well, it's because we needed to do, you know. <coughs> but I don't know. It's it's those are I, Dean asked me to come up with these numbers, so I, that's, that's what I have. So, does your company also do like come in and do crack sealants and stuff like that? We have one crew, so we have two crews. My crew does all the milling and paving, and then we also do um, chip seals and slurry sealing. Um, and then we have another crew that does just DOT. Well, they'll do it for little towns too, but for the most part, they're on DOT jobs. But uh, crack filling. And so, can we get an estimate from you to crack fill streets? Have you? No, I said, can we? Oh yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> and have we? No, we haven't. We haven't. We haven't we talked about crack sealing yet, but yeah, I mean, we have one crew. That's all they do. That's all they do. Can we proceed with? <laughs> Getting something like we'll that. We'll get you, yeah, whatever. Do we know which ones? No, we need to. We'd have to go through. Because I'm sorry. That's some. Right. But, uh, you know, just. There's, there's a lot know, of streets. Street is a good candidate. There's a lot of streets in our town that need some crack sealing to prevent further damage throughout the winter. <laughs> Maintenance in our crew. By the time they get started, they get called away to do something. It would be better off just to have them supervise. I should say supervising over however you want to. What the proper word is for you guys to come in, go down the street, crack seal it, go down the next street, crack seal it, be done. You know what I mean? Yeah, can you just tell? I mean, there's a lot of towns I'll go through, and I mean, they don't even, they just say we want to crack seal, go look at all. I mean, they don't even tell me what their priority, how they want to prioritize it. I just look at them and say, this one needs it. Don't, don't waste your money on this one. Um, I would like to hear that from you. I mean, there's there's a lot of streets. I some like people will just some people will just smear crack seal material. I mean, it's it, there's if it's too far gone, I'm going to tell you don't spend your money on it. You need to patch it or or chip seal it or. But, I would yeah. really like to see some of that input come back for us to make some decisions moving forward. If we decide to do. Any or any, any of this stuff, have you got the time to work us in? Uh, the crack sealing bunch could come in October, which you wouldn't really want to crack seal until October. 
Right. Right. So it's a good over. time to do it. October, anytime from October till snow flies is a good time to crack seal. And we could do it. We couldn't do it before that, but we could do it after October. Our my group um, is getting close to to saying uh, no from here on out. We're we're very close. So you would you have the time to come and look at the streets and oh, yeah. visit with our oh yeah we crew and we can do that. I would. Do I need to make a motion to have that done? No. Just do it. I'll get with Dean. So if we wanted to do Hampson Street with this eighteen thousand dollars, we'd have to make up our mind relatively soon. No, I mean it's just <laughs> we want to think about it. Sooner no, is better. Yeah. You know, I mean, we'll, plus it's six, only a six. It's only a. Uh, the chip seal thing. We come up and prep it one day. We shoot it the next day. The millings would probably probably take us a couple days. Be less people, but the paving would take. Probably three days. Okay. So. Well, we'll kick them all around. Okay. Thanks yeah, for the feel, yeah. opportunity. For I don't know if, you, if the council heard, heard when I was talking with Tracy beforehand. We've got the bill for them having done the three blocks here in town. And uh, the the total was at like 96000 Anyway, it's about $6,000 less than what the... Uh, what the cost system. There's our repo. <laughs> so anyway, we're, so, we're good. And, and I tell you, the product, the product if, is good. We're very, very happy. If we're going to pave Hanson Street. Yep. Go ahead. So what action is the council going to take on Hanson Street? What is the plan? We're going to talk about it. You're going to talk about it? I'm about to just start to do. Yep. Is it going to be on the agenda next time? Well, we don't know. I just was starting to ask questions and you interrupted me. I'm sorry. I'll let her interrupt you. I'm sorry. Well, we're going to see what we can do. We're trying not to kick it down the road. We're not going to decide tonight. I don't. Yeah, you know, I understand. Yeah, that. I just, you know, because we've been talking about it actually for several years. Right. Several years. Yeah. Um, and so I just, we, we know we have a huge problem there, and there's going to be development going on. So we want to. Well, there, you, know, you know, there's even without the junkyard development, right. there's a million dollars worth of new development down there. Right. I mean. You know, yeah. your taxes coming in on there are a huge amount to what they well, what they will be from what they were. Beautiful. Two, two, no. two things. But anyway, we go ahead. It's not in our budget, but it doesn't mean we can't do it. The second thing is, if we're going to pave that street, uh, is the property owner going to pay for it? I'm not asking to be paid. I'm interested in this mill thing he wants to do. So is the property owner going to do that? Well, I, that's. I'm asking that, that question. We've that's typically an never option. done it. Huh? We've typically never built the homeowners. Sunset Drive, we did. They asked to do it. Well, the homeowners yeah. are asking to do it. There's no difference. That's, well, yeah, there's a huge difference, I think. But well, go ahead. But that's, that's my just what? me talking out loud. I've actually had well, people. Know, I realize it depends on who you are, but. You know, you're not going to make these people pay for Fifth Street when we did that, or Seventh Street when we did that. I'm not against some kind of assessment. I don't know what the other property owners would be like. I'm just telling you that there's been a million dollars spent down there in the past two years. I'm just asking the question. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. Yeah. Yep. See, um, and I. <clears throat> I told Jennifer that I'd pass this along. Did everybody get that that group text from Jennifer about? Yep. Yep. Okay, that was that was it. That she was was purchasing that duplex and and would would speak in favor of uh, 
of some sort of type of the street service. Okay, Chief, do you want to talk to us about the police department? Sure. Well, obviously, we have our committee here. Um, the biggest thing is like the policy change of wages that, that we kind of come up with. Um, one, of the, one of the big things was residency. We're looking at a 30 minute response time if you're on call and within an hour's distance. Uh, the pay, uh, we're looking at non certified starting out at 70% of the chief's wage. And then uh, in order to get that, we came up with dividing that up over the next three years. So it's not like one big hit. We can spread that out. Uh, same way with. Uh, once you graduate the academy, you go up to 75% of that wage and do the same thing. We'd split that up in three years. <clears throat> and that top out pay, year three after year three, 80% uh, of the chief's wage, and we split that over the next three years. Um, and then uh, system chief, looking at him at 82.5% uh, of the chief's pay. Uh, and then we, we went over some policy changes as far as equipment and, and that kind of stuff. And just, just updating our equipment list to make sure we're on, we're all on the same page there. I guess my biggest thing is anybody got any questions on any of that? Yeah. Um, you just have council take a look at page six first, to, and this would be this would be what he's talking about as far as as uh, his equipment. Anything. Anything that is underlined would be proposed to be a new addition to the policy. Okay, and the the top uh, the top part, a lot of that's kind of been provided already, just hasn't been in policy. Um, but a big change would be to have two rifles, um, one so we'd have one rifle with with each patrol vehicle, and then the middle of the page shows that policy on on personal protective equipment. It's my understanding in the past some of the officers had to purchase some of that stuff themselves. Yeah, a lot. I mean, a lot of our guys they they have their own stuff in there. Right. They were never told they could get what they wanted or what they needed. So they just brought their own stuff over. And so who's in charge? Would, would you? Would the chief be in charge of the personal the equipment and stuff? Yeah. Well, what I I got a form that I that I got filled out now that I'll have a list of whatever we've issued. So that way, when they come in. We can mark everything that was issued, when they go to turn in, when they leave, if they leave, then we can mark it off. Anything missing, obviously, would be responsible. They'd be responsible for reimbursed, whatever. Um, unless it's damaged or something like that and needs to be replaced, obviously. I wouldn't think we would do that. But, yeah. Anybody have any questions? We have three things. We want to change policy. Right. We have to do the wages, and we have to do the uh, assistant chief. I got, I got a question. So I know you had this in last uh, council packet, but like the, 
the wages and these percentages and uh, certification stuff. Where is this something you found somewhere? Is this where did you come up with this? Or typically, a lot of a lot of, a lot of departments go off based off of either the, the sheriff's salary or the chief's salary. So that's kind of what I'm basing it off of. Usually, at top pay, most departments it's eighty percent of like chief's or sheriff's salary. So is this a, you get you got this from a different town or you got it from yeah, a mean, yeah, all the department, a lot of departments go that way. Yeah. And is this being proposed because to help get a new hire, or? It's being proposed for retention reasons. Okay. Um, this new contract that they signed, they get 3% over the next three years. Like I said, in July, that there's a lot of departments that are going to get huge spikes in pay, so we're going to be completely out of it. So my goal is to try to get them a little bump now, so we're not completely way behind down the future. And it really kind of puts us right on board where we should be. I just know that some of our other benefits are outweighing the competition as well. What, what would that be? Health insurance from one prime example. And a lot of millennials, if you ever do any research on them, millennials don't care about that. Yeah, it's still cost to us. If we're going to get people, we're going to retain people. Those are the ones we're getting in. So are you saying that we can change that in our policy? What's that? The health insurance benefits? I'm, that's not up to me. Well, I'm just asking that, but No, it's not up to me. Because if it doesn't matter to them, we change I'm, it. I'm just telling you what, you know, what it's going to take. Yep. You know, you know, do you want a police department or not? That's what Absolutely, I'm asking. Absolutely, I want a police department. So if everybody wants a police department, then we got to try to keep up with the times the best we can. All yeah. I know is I'm, I'm law enforcement. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That way, EMS and things. Basically, everything. What What do you have to do to number one hire a new employee to attract a new employee, and number two retain them? There's no magical answer out there. No. You know, um, we got to try something. I guess is. This is the way I'm approaching this. Do I? Because, because what we're currently doing isn't working. Um, I know Sheriff McClure has had the same problem up there with trying to get new people um, that he doesn't get a lot of applicants. And why is that? Nobody has a magical answer right now. So I guess my biggest thing is how many people have we gone through each year for the past four years? How many people have left? Since I've been in the county, every year it's at least one or two have gone. And you're talking a three to four man department. Recently it was Brad and Colin. Jeremy. Before that it was Jeremy. Jeremy, Jeremy and Michelle. Obviously you lost retirement to voice. Brandon was here a year, he left. You know, um, Alex was prior to that. Uh, so, I mean, all you're doing is hiring guys who are leaving. And, and, and look at the cost. Who do we know them? Well, obviously, some went for better jobs and higher paying jobs. We know Brad did. He didn't get the cheap job, he was leaving. Right. Well, he gets paid more money down in Adair, so he set up pretty Alex good. Alex went to the county for more money. Alex went to the county for more money. Michelle left because I, I don't know why Michelle left, to be honest with you, but. 
obviously she wasn't happy here. Right. You know, uh, Roy's retired, obviously. I mean, you know that. Yeah. But he hasn't volunteered to come down back and work part time. I've had plenty of other people volunteer, but why not the old chief? That'd be a perfect opportunity if he wants to put in some extra hours or do something like that, but he's doing it for Sac City. And the DNR. And the DNR. Yeah. You know, I mean, so when I when I applied, that was one of the biggest things that I that I kind of stated when I applied, is I'm looking at retention and recruitment. Those are the two things we need here. We need continuity and we need people to stay. I agree 100%. I think I can be that guy that get people to stay. I don't know if he would agree or not. I'm, he, he was looking to leave when I first started. And now look at him. You know what I mean? He's doing a phenomenal job. You know, we pulled one of his his guys that he worked with up there. Talked to him the other day. He loves it. He wants to stay here. He wants to work for me. I think the next guy. Well, maybe that's our answer. I'm hoping that it is. Maybe that's our answer. We have the right. But they're doing it because I'm here, standing up here, doing this for them. You know, I'm I'm a big leadership type of guy. I think you're doing a good job. I, you know, I spent 12 years in the military. That's all I know. I might not be good at other things, but I know I'm good about leadership. I just don't want us to fall behind to where we're we're just going to keep in the cycle. We need to have a motion to change the policy I, for the. Yeah, I need to. I do need to bring up a couple things here because at least everybody at least needs to be aware of this as it pertains to some union issues. Also, our our wages uh, are established by by the collective bargaining agreement, and if the if the council were to decide that they would like to to increase wages, what we would simply do is notify the union about that. Okay. So does that uh, reopen uh, bargaining with the union? I think it does not reopen bargaining. Now, I think it does. Though. Would would we hear from other other city departments about that? Um, you know, I would I would expect that we would. But uh, but does it does it open a bargaining deal? No, it doesn't. Yeah. I have one other question before we. What is the reasoning for a 30-minute response time on call? And I'm just asking because 30 minutes to me, so on call, it seems like a long time if there's an issue going on. It, it, it's really not. If, if, you, if you're 10 miles away, it's going to take you 20, 30 minutes to get out. If you're 10 miles away, it takes you 20, 30 minutes to get down. If I go home at 3, and I lay down at 4, and I get a call at 4.30, I gotta get dressed, get my shit, get out, and get down to where it's at. It's gonna take a little while. And the reason I did the 30 minutes is county, they they have, you know, they they get living county and that kind of stuff for the most part. But it'd take them 30 minutes to get from one point to point A to point B. I'm not a fan of the 30 minutes response. I'm just gonna say, oh, Chris, me. So I know when Anne was but there, the, the one hour living was one hour. What are you on that? I'm not a fan of that either. Okay. Just telling you. But that's I'm less of a fan of the 30-minute response time than the living within one hour. Because you can live anywhere and travel and get to there as long as, and I've seen where you had it there, the weather cannot be their excuse for being late. No, no. they got to be responsible and look forward. I can see it happening. You know, so the one-hour thing is not as big of an issue to me as the 30-minute response time on call. That, to me, being on the fire department for 20 
two years. You know, we pride ourselves in the response time that we have. You're familiar with the Lakeview Fire Department, I'm yeah. sure. Um, the ambulance service, you know, they got to be within a five-minute response time. Um, I what calls are we going to get? Well, what if there's a shooting at the school? I won't make okay. it. We're, we're, I we're, live in town, and I won't make it towards over. Yeah, shooting at the school, uh, there might be somebody on. Well, there should so, be. Right. But well, there, there is, is, because it's... A the only time they're on call is from 3 to 5. Okay, so... So it's only the like... Only time they're gonna it, be it's only call? like two hours. Is that the only time they're going to be on call? Well, typically, yeah. But there could be other times. I mean, I was the only one that worked Monday. So I was on call before... And then after I got off work. So can we put the on-call time is only going to be between 3 and 5 for that 30-minute response time? Is that kind of a happy medium? I'm only 1 of 5, so I'm just asking the question. I mean, no. Because what if we only have one guy that's available? And you're talking a 24-hour period of time. Yeah. Okay, you're but, dead, with the you're... Four man, but with the four-man crew, you should... And actually, that will... Uh, yeah, that will... I was just going to ask that one. Four man crew. Four man crew. We're going to be pretty even here. And more likely, there's probably not going to be. We can make it to where there's no one call. Well, that's. I guess that's kind of what I'm asking. With a four man crew, can we make it where there's no one call? So four man crew. So we still got the one part time, obviously. At this present time, yeah, you're short. Yeah, and if you got a full yeah. full staff, um, we 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 could typically go 24/7, but then you're talking when vacation time comes up or yeah. somebody's sick. Well, but that's a whole different story. Yeah, then we have to use our reserve or exactly. Or, or so if we have them, then that's when on call. One other question I got: Where are we at with our agreement with Wall Lake? And how is that? I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been threatened. Even when I start, when I started, that they were going to dump us into the county. So I don't know. I, mean, heard, I don't know about the threat. I'm just curious. That yeah, I thought once a week I hear how they're going to go to count. Okay. And sometimes twice a week. So um, the only thing I can do how much is try to provide them the best service possible. Right. And hopefully it'll change their mind. Do, do they say why they're saying they're going to go count? I, I mean, I got my own personal opinions about about things, so I'm not going to you know, speak that now, but. I've, no, heard, I, I've I heard from a council member a couple of issues, but I don't know if it's valid. Uh, but so, do, what do what you mind if I ask what those issues were or what they said they were? That's what I was just thinking. Yeah. That's, that's right. something that that's, that's good. I have to talk about that. All right. But, so, what is our agreement with them? I mean, what? how much do they pay us a year? The one man. Well, so it's twenty hours per week, and they pay forty five hundred bucks a month. Is that? It? No, it's more like thirty seven something. My question is: if we lose that, that's less that much less money in our police budget that we've got to see what I'm getting at. That's all that's good for us. Yeah, but we shouldn't be dependent on that money. <laughs> Wait, you should, right? And it, it's you a, know, is that something that, that that they're going to do what they're going to do, right? And we just we gotta adjust to it as it comes, and we still got we want our police force. So I mean, and, and the other side is that is that they can, I guess they can say whatever they want. 
Right. Because yeah. we, we would hang their hat, on, hang our hat on the deal. If they get, they get a hell of a deal from us. Where, where yeah, financially they a, a lot of what better and Wally response is getting from county yeah. is inflated, or we're deflated in our numbers. I think you know, well, I, mean, I think we're doing what we need to do for Wally. I'm just worried. I've heard the same thing. Yeah. We're going to lose that if it's forty grand a year. That's forty less thousand in our budget compared to, and then we're going to raise it by how much if we pass all this stuff is why we bring it up. But I guess we really need to focus on the people like you. That's who we represent. And whether we do it for a full 24 7 with a four man crew, I think that, you know, that's what people like you deserve. And you know, we have three guys in testing right now. Yeah. Three said they were going to come, but I think one's probably not going to make it. He was supposed to get a hold of me uh, last weekend and he never did. But there were two others. The biggest question is going to be how they test, because I've gotten kind of the same thing from both of them that maybe their scores aren't going to be where they should be. So if it's not, then we're going to be at ground zero. Yeah. Um, but, but this will help us get somebody who might be certified. Yeah. Yeah. It's hit or miss. I mean, I mean, it is just. I mean, it's just so bad in law enforcement right now that. So you're lucky if you get one, you know. So the response time, let's take that issue out for at this time and focus on the other things that you brought to the table tonight. Okay. Um, I really feel that people like you want a full-time police force. They deserve a full time police yeah. force. Yep, I agree. History is. I, I, I think we've that. shown that we've got work to do. And right. You, you so, say, right. I mean, I you mean, showed that since you've been here that there's a lot of work to do here for the citizens of Lakeview, um, regardless of whether uh, we keep the law, wall uh, contract or not. People of Lakeview deserve um, a full time police force. And, um, Sort of 24/7 coverage, and in order to provide 24/7 coverage, we need um, four officers to do that. Yeah. And there is an issue um, when every time we've um, advertised for law enforcement, um, getting quality applicants or any applicants. Uh, yeah, it's, um, like I said, it's got force, then so. retention of those officers. Um, we have to do something, and I think I think your attitude with retention and, and keeping those guys here and working for them, um, so the citizens like you don't have to worry about that. I, I think is in the right direction. Um, we can visit the uh, residency requirement at a different time. Just keep working yeah. through that. Um, but I think those other things are. are probably it should be an easy. Yeah, the equipment. And, and I, think, it, I think I think the wage thing is is a good step too. I mean, it's worth a try. Yeah. Um, it's not asking for the moon. And it's 
broken down over a three-year period. Yeah. So I guess I would make a motion that we um, agree to those policy changes that I just spoke about outside the residency one. Let's be thinking about that and how we can fix that part if we need to. So this is basically the chief show. So <clears throat> you're concerned about the half hour. My feeling is that we should we should let him determine that half hour, and if it becomes a problem, then we address it. I think we I think myself I mean make make you look good or make you look bad. You know what That's I'm saying? That's and, true. And, and to be honest with you, we only got. Two people that are in that requirement anyway. I mean, well, yeah, they, you know, our reserve guy lives somewhere else. Um, Christian, he's still trying to figure out where he's he's going to get to, you know. Um, so we're doing it now, you know, and we haven't had any issues. And I know what what happens in between three and five, anyways. I mean, I know what type of calls we get, and, and I've never had an issue getting a call that was. Most of the time, it's going to be less than a half hour. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just you know. And my my ultimate goal is for anybody who comes to work for us, is they're going to fall in love with the community. They're going to want to move down this way. I just don't want to force them to do it. I just want to take that off the table, let them come in and learn, let them be able to do the job, figure it out, and who knows? Maybe they're not fit for our department, anyways. Maybe we get him here, and six months later, he's like, this guy's not going to work. Well, you had to move down here. You know what I mean? Now, all of a sudden, you're going to say, you got to go. It's a valid report. <coughs> then you get pissed off. So, Scott, do you have a number, a dollar amount number, if we follow these policy changes, what it costs us the first year? Is it, it's, a, it's 84 cents per hour, then. For uh, for two officers, and then uh, excuse me, it's eighty four cents an hour potentially for two officers, depending on what happens here with the uh, with the assistant chief. You know, it's eighty four cents per hour for one officer for for sure, and then if the assistant chief were to happen, then then that increase would be uh, oh twenty five nineteen is the age so. So, if we look at this chief's uh, increase, it's 336, 336 an hour. I thought the chief was the status quo today. Yeah, this, that would be the, excuse me, then it's the assistant chief. But is that broken down over three years? I don't know if they do down over three years. Maybe. Is that broken down over three years? No, I, it just said so that what you just said one year. But the rest were broken down over three years. Yeah. <clears throat> for the 
for the chief, excuse me, the assistant chief, the, the increase is roughly $7,000, uh, about $1,750 for uh, officer. So what's your assistant chief, what, what kind of duties would he be forming with that? So they, they, they help out administratively. Um, obviously, he's, he's taken on a role as a kind of an investigator for some high-profile cases, and he's really, he's been doing it anyways. Um, even before I came here, you know, he was in charge of the DCI crime lab, the online pre-log stuff, you know, so he was doing all that. He was managing the evidence room prior to my arrival. You know, he was uh, the badge CAD system administrator, so he was reviewing all the reports and, and sending out information to the state. So this is all, that's what he was doing before I even got here. You know, and that's a lot of what assistant chief was going to do is those type of jobs, you know. And then I got here and I kind of threw a little more on him, you know. It's like, look, let's see what he can take until he breaks and then we'll back <laughs> off. <laughs> and then we're lucky again. <laughs> so far, he's taking it like a chance. I'm so. still one piece right now, so. <laughs> but, but, you know, like, and, and it's pretty important. When, when you got certain cases, you just want one guy that kind of is that guy that knows how to handle those cases. You know, so you wouldn't be... Have a problem of writing up a job description, so we, we actually have one for okay. assistant chief. Remember, um, Jeremy was Jeremy assistant yeah. to Royce. That's right, we had, we had one, okay. And why we're not, we haven't, we didn't stare at the assistant chief. No, and I don't know why, why you wouldn't, yeah. Why would or why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? I mean, if he's taking on those extra duties and those So we already have the position in there. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Dave has a motion to adjust the wages. Is there a second to that motion? The motion right now was to approve the policy changes excluding residency. Yeah, if we can supply yeah just just looking at the policy change right now so that really is I think the equipment is was the uh, was the main part of the policy right. change. okay is there a second to that motion I'll second roll call okay <coughs> Wolfman yes Beckman yes Frank yes Moeller yes thank you yes okay now the wages so yeah, that that leaves the residency requirement still un, un uh, unaddressed. Okay, we hadn't, hadn't done anything with that. We'll keep working on that. And now the wages. Yep. Yeah. Oh my God. I'll second. Okay. Roll call. So this would be wages as uh, as proposed. All right. We ready? Yes. Waltman? Yes. Molar? Yes. Thank you. Yes. Beckman? Yes. Frank? No. Okay, we have to have a motion to do the assistant chief. Yes. That. I'll make a motion. <laughs> I'll second. Okay. The motion is to uh, promote him to assistant chief at that wage. Roll call. Okay. Uh, Moeller. Yes. 
Thank you. Yes. Walton. Yep. Beckman. Yep. Frank. No. Will that do you, Chief? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's awesome. Okay, we do this every year. Resolutions 2219, setting salaries for the... Uh, yeah, let's start off with, with making a couple changes to that. So this resolution's on page 9. So uh, this would change uh, some wages then, Cody. And so the position would then change also to assistant chief. Cody's wage would be twenty eight fifty five per hour. Okay, and then Christian Leisinger, his that wage would then become it's an it's an eighty four cent increase uh, twenty six oh three. A few other blanks there to fill out as as far as uh, wages for for Kay and and for Jeff. And you see salary figures then for. For me and for Dean, we had hired Chris in March, and and that would be a, a holdover then at seventy-two thousand. Before we get into that too much, I do have one specific thing about Sue Barney, as as City Hall custodian. Um, Sue had been hired uh, originally as custodian of the library, and when she was hired for that position with the library, the pay was established by the library board at uh, twelve dollars and thirty cents. Um, Sue cleans here at City Hall now, but she does not do the library anymore and, and has, has uh, dropped a lot of her, of her other work. But she does still have some other clients. The other clients, um, the wage uh, is $20 per hour. And she would make that request of the, of the city then, too. Your thoughts? What is, a, what is a normal wage for custodian workers? Well, I can speak on that on behalf of my wife. Cleans, paints, mm -hmm. but she's getting $20 an hour to clean. Okay. So, how many times? Is yeah, how, how many hours? It's, it's, it's two to three hours a week here. Oh. Any any concerns with that? No. 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 I'm not going to do it. So if you if we did give her the twenty, we're gonna to have to hire somebody else, and all the people get twenty bucks. Yep. Then she does a good job. I think so, doesn't she, Kay? Well, we'll continue yep. to work with her. <laughs> there's always something room for improvement. Yep. There's there's something. Um, so is hey, you look at the uh, uh, wage then for for Kay and and for Jeff on page ten. There that shows. Uh, what the past wage history has been. So you can see Kay's current wage right now is 20, 2170. Jeff is at 3163. If you flip to page 11, then you can see what uh, what percentage uh, wage increases that, that might equal to. The impair, I'd say, just go up to 3%, just like we do with everybody else. So that's my opinion. I'm, 
I, you know, I appreciate that. That's that's great. If I get the chance to buck for K a little bit, if we could uh, still continue to do maybe a little bit more for K. I know. Um, just compare her to to uh, some some other administrative positions in other communities. I'm, and I know the type of work that that she does, and but uh, but other other communities they they may still pay better. Um, anyway, if we do a little bit better than three percent, I'd appreciate that. Three percent's not even cost of living, is it? Well, I'm waiting for the Biden joke. Well, I, I was going to hold off. <laughs> I just thought let it burn in a little bit. Okay, did you have a figure? I didn't. I, um, I looked at your interview. I pay between twenty bucks an hour, and I make twenty one fifty for twenty three years worth of service. Yep. Um, and everything that I do. So. Um, Most of us know you do way more than that. So you are at 21 now, is it? It's 21.70. That's what Love Kept me paying. Oh. Yes, yeah, and she got a 15.4% increase in last year. That was from $18 to $21.50. Yeah. Yeah. Like $22.50 is a better number? $22.50 is a better number. I, uh... Anybody else? Twenty-three fifty. I, I just tell you my opinion. I hate to start singling everybody out. Is the only thing I'm saying. Yep. Um, on all the non-union workers. <clears throat> I guess the way we. Kay's always. We've always done her separate. So you'd want to give her 24 if you've known her all these years. So. I told her 20 for cleaning. No, I <laughs> she knew I was joking. I thought 22.50 sounded good. If, uh, if you're going to pay you over a quarter of 2,000 hours. Yeah. Yes. That'll only buy four tanks of gas. That's coming down. I didn't get that down. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I mean, we just we give her the three the twenty three fifty. We just raise the guy's wages that hasn't been here but a couple of years by quite a bit. Yep. She has not proved this wrong in any manner. No, no. Well, she's not. Okay. I told you the issue's going to come up. Yep. There you Look go. Look how far apart Jerry and Langdon is. I'm at 31. Cameron left for $41. And then yep. I took this assistant job, and I busted my butt for the last year and a half. And I don't even get look at that. So I guess I know where I stand. You're getting looked at. Look what happened to the campground. 
That's <laughs> not even the same issue. For a buck. <laughs> Now is the real minimum wage right now. It's just barely a living. Right. You're at 31, Jeff, now? You're at 31, 63. Well, I didn't know that we weren't looking at you yet. I just thought we were only dealing with Dave first. That's why I didn't, yep. I didn't think that we had one. We didn't rule really uh, out. Yeah. You're the next slot, Jeff. <laughs> So, Jeff, you're looking at 36? Well, I'm more than 31. I yeah. mean, I'm $10 away from any other journeyman out yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, we know. Right. And I've taken on a lot of responsibility. Yeah. And you've done an excellent job. And I can job. give it back to Dean, and he can be the leader, and <laughs> I will do what he asks me. I think you've done a good job. Well, we'll look to the council to put a number in there. So are we done with K then? Yeah, we're at 2350 okay. for K. We're moving on to Jeff. Is Jeff at 3143 or 3163? 63, yeah. 63 total. But uh, 30, 20 cents of that. Jay and I both along when, uh, when we did have done percentages, we, we wouldn't include longevity on that. It's just an add on. And I've been here two years less than Dave and Scott. <clears throat> and I didn't, we all know, I didn't ask to be in my position. I had two people leave a week apart. So I was the lone guy for two and a half months. Cameron left for how much? For 41. With less health insurance. Keep that in mind. Yep. But we can't change that. Yes, we, we can't change it. The union. He didn't have to locate because they hired all that. Well, I mean, yeah. his job, the, the, the duties of his job are different. I'm right. not arguing you know, that, but I, they are different than the other aspects of things, too. And everybody talks about the dollar amount. We left for a dollar amount, dollar amount. Well, we have the best health insurance policy for employees in the surrounding area and other companies by far. And we've got to take that into consideration. It costs us that money. It's a total compensation package. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying you're not worth sixty dollars an hour. If, if uh, Cameron was getting seventy, but he's not getting the same benefit package. My my whole thing is Dale. He's talking about retaining people and how far away they are from things. That all I'm seeing is farther and farther. And you're going to run out that 
I can I can retire in two years if I want to. And, 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 and then you got to have a journeyman to run your department. And I'm not debating and with you. You're not going to get your two guys got here now if you're a journeyman in two years. Yeah, I'm just saying that when we compare dollar per hour, we've got to compare everything. I understand that. That's what I'm saying. And what's it, what's it going to cost, say, two years to replace a journeyman? <laughs> Way more. You know, um, the new guy will cost more no matter what we do. <coughs> Somebody got a number? I'm looking at 3625. I was looking at 33. I was looking at 38. I was looking at 37. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, what do you think? I don't know. Tell me you Most corporations didn't give over three percent yep. this year. Some gave less than two. Yep. Somewhat. Corporations. <clears throat> For raises. Corn belt gave two and a half. I make a motion that uh, we go to thirty-four. For Jeff. We got to wait till we do them all, don't we? Oh. So fill in the blanks so we can do the resolution. Right. <clears throat> Will that work, Jeff? I think 34 would be You really better. don't have anybody batting in your corner like <laughs> <laughs> the police force did. So. Why is this listening to everybody? You know, know. He, he does way more. Oh, I know he does. Yeah. And what you guys even know. I was, I was just listening to everybody. Yeah. Well, we want to make him enough he doesn't have a sour taste in his mouth when we're done tonight. And, and I don't know how else to tell, you know, not just Jeff, but the rest of the employees, how valuable they are. But, you know, I mean. It's retaining, like Chris said. Exactly. We're still used to preach it and preach it. We got to do, we have to do what we have to do so our people aren't looking elsewhere. We because want to, we want to make it happy where they're at. Right. Otherwise, they will be looking elsewhere. Well, I'd like to finish retiring here. That's my goal. So. Well, tell me if we little, you have 36? Okay. We yeah, could go to 35? Yeah, but we're not doing motions, though. We got to do the resolution. Oh, yeah, okay. Fill in the blanks. I'll go along with 34. Yeah. Anybody else? Otherwise, we'll put it down as 34. Okay, we're down to Scott. Again, Scott does more than everybody sees also. Yes, he does. He gives us a lot of stuff to read every two weeks. 
Scott. Is every meeting in town? So what are you at now, Scott? Total. Seventy-one four fifty-six. Well, you're the guy in charge of everybody else. So seventy-three five. How's that sound? Maybe that's my down three percent. That's a little less, so we have to be a little higher than three percent. Three percent. Well, then you should be at seventy-four to be up there. Seventy-five to be the number. Okay. That's percentage-wise. Longevity. That sound like a good number. Now we're down to Dean. Dean does a lot. He's very responsive when you call him. He's actually come now and I asked him to do something. He did it ten minutes before I asked him. So it's not as near as much fun as it used to be. Seventy-four thousand five hundred. Oh, <laughs> Okay. Is everybody happy with the blanks? That's a seventy-four five. For yeah. We have a motion to approve twenty-two nineteen with the numbers filled in. Is there a motion to approve? I'll make it. Second. Second. Roll call. Sankin. Yes. Muller. Yes. Frank. Yes. Beckman. Yes. Holtman. Yes. Thanks, everybody. Yes, thank you, everybody. I appreciate that. Okay, we're going to talk about that drainage on 175. You bet. What I would really like to do, I just want to talk through um, through these maps that, that are included in your in your uh, uh, packet, and then we, we can relay some of the some of the information from our committee meeting on on uh, last Thursday. And we might want to start with that. If Mike or Dale or the mayor, if you want to give a little update, yeah, Dale wants to do it right. So do we all. Well, I think everybody at that meeting, all the landowners, are in agreement. We have an issue all the way from uh, lot twenty. All the way down to Sparky's, and then across the road to Mr. Hauser's ground, and everybody was in agreement that something needs to be done because we're going to be dumping more water down there. Um, Shaman and them are filling in more ground. Shaman and Shaman and Schrader, and everybody was on the agreement that you know all the water is going to come from the west down to the east into that pool of that area. And then we got to get it to go to that creek. Um, this engineer study that we got is proposing a 30-inch 30, 30 culvert, but the conversation that day was something larger to make sure we plan for the future. Larry did say he'd give us an easement to go through the ground, correct? Correct. Um, and I think everybody at that meeting was in agreement. So we're going to do it. We're going to do it right. We're going to have a band-aid on it, fix it like it should be, and get rid of the problem. We got to bring and Shaven's group was willing to give us easements to come through there with them tiles that dump behind John Kraft's house. What's that? Eighth Street. 
Third Street, coming off Third Street. Off the third design circle. Third design circle, and well, and there's the one up there on Eighth Street where where uh, Kraft lives. We're talking about dumping water from the campground area and the museum right. down there. It's but I'm saying to get get that water through to this drainage area so we can get it to the north to get it to the creek. Um, I think everybody was in agreement that day, right, Larry? That yep. we're going to do it, we're going to do it right. And there were some issues on coming across Lake Street. They wanted to put an equalization. Somebody has mentioned an equalization pipe through. That's not the right thing to do. So... That committee that day, or us guys, kind of decided, you know, we've got to fix it. We know we've got an issue, we've got to fix it right now. What's our answer to fix it, fix it right now? This would be step one going from 175 to Indian Creek. Yeah, and then part of the conversation was the state drove by one day when there was a meeting there, and the state would participate or look into it, was talked about, but they don't do anything fast. But I don't think, you know, unfortunately, I don't think we can do anything fast either. This is only my opinion. I think it needs to be done, done right. I don't think the 30-inch tile is big enough. I think it needs to be a 36 or 42 to plan for the future. But I don't want to jump into it without reaching out to the state and seeing about getting some help from the state so why we have to fund it all or put someone as a landowner. And some of the landowners weren't opposed to helping out as long as it was done right, depending on the cost, of course. But, you know, everybody wanted to see it done right. And we could fund this now with TIF. We wouldn't have to use property tax or anything. We could use TIF to finance this now. Yeah, but do we want it? We're not going to get the state to help us. Like, we've never helped us before. Yeah, but this is not just a city issue. This is a no. state issue. Oh, yeah, but they're not going to help us. They won't even hardly give them a, to clean that tile under the road, wasn't it? They didn't want to help them? Well, they haven't even gave you a permission to look at it and see what no. we need for help. No, and we talked about them. We talked to them, what, six months ago when we were down there. They said they'd look into it. That's the last we ever heard. So is there any grants for this? Well, I don't think so. But I mean, it's it, because it, of the it, development. It qualified for, like, CDBG. Um, <clears throat> which, there's, there's, I guess, potential out there and then to see whether there's be any of this infrastructure money that might that might fit something like that. I mean, I'm all in favor of moving forward, but I don't want to give up any cost share, that we, any assistance that we can get. And I want to do it right. And as far as state goes, you know, the guy driving down the highway, you got to say so anyway. No. He was the head guy. Yeah. He was the head guy. Alexa, turn off office light. Yeah. According to Tommy Schrader and Shaven, he was the head guy. And I said, well, Scott, was you at that meeting? Um, nope, I don't believe so, yeah, because they were standing around, and he drove by on the road and turned around and says, Are you guys having a project going on here? And he's the one that stopped him. He's the one, he was the head guy because he was just leaving the project. And that's coming from Shaven and Tommy Schrader. And I don't know who else was standing there with him. I think Dean was there, wasn't he? When Nate, Web Nate Westfall stopped by? That's his name. I think so. So I don't, I think at least I'd like to. Us to pursue looking for assistance. If we can't, we can't. But. Is he from the one? The state was. No, he's <coughs> uh, he's a regional. He's the regional guy around here. Um, I'm not sure if Rockwell City. We can't even get him to get the hump fixed by Beth Hatch. That that hump in the road's been there for years. I still can't get him to fix that. So. <coughs> 
<clears throat> It'll move quickly, but uh, <laughs> it certainly is, is worth exploring. Yeah. We just don't know. You had a cost for this from 175 to the current two, didn't you? From the engineer? Yep. 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 It's in your package. It's here. Yep. That's a 30 inch dial. That's right. 30 inch yeah. dial. Yeah. That was 157 or something, wasn't it? <laughs> it's. Yeah, it's 157, but with contingency 181. That would like to go through this with you. To take let's take a little bit of time, and and go through through this engineering, uh, uh, these few pages of engin engineering on this, just to really show you where you're at. Because page 12 is 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 real interesting to see the drainage areas that do all end up then basically draining right down there to the car wash area. And you add up all of those those acres, and and yeah, it gets up to 160 acres here pretty quick. That uh, all, from all of those drainage areas, they they do end up basically down to down to this one area. Um, and as we look at things, you know, potentially at, uh, whether it's the campground or certainly whether it's uh, the outlot 20, those those areas are all included with within this uh, within this drainage area. Then also. Page 13, just real briefly on this, because that all that all that this is doing is showing the existing shots about what what's on uh, Highway 175 as it uh, right around the Lake Street uh, intersection, and they had shot this um, and gave us a proposal then about Dale had mentioned that about an equalization uh, tile through there. Basically, think of it as a culvert. But but it uh, does not have positive flow then on it. It's flat, and and water pushes through there then as water is able to push it through. So um, most uh, very likely then to uh, to uh, silt in. And there's uh, some real concerns about that. It's not a preferred way to take a look at that. The preferred way, as as proposed from the the engineer, is on page 14. Okay, and let's start on the left side of the page there. So you're at out lot 20, and uh, and then to the right of out lot 20 is Baumholer's Toy Storage Building. Okay. Now, as you look uh, just at the green uh, the green box, they're the one uh, uh, one with the green frame. What they're talking about there through out lot 20 and and past Baumholer's is just basically ditch work. So it's regrading the ditch and provides positive slope then uh, from from west to uh, to east and goes through that culvert there at Baumholvers, continuing to do some additional uh, grading work, which involves some fill in, in this area, so that it, it's just flowing across land until it gets to that Lake Street intersection. Okay, if you see any of the, of the bigger green boxes on Lake Street, think of those as intakes. So this would have them redoing the intakes on, on Lake Street and then having a couple of, of additional surface intakes. But uh, this would propose to have, uh, it's about 400 linear feet of this new storm sewer, which would be built so that it would drain from, uh, from the west side of Lake Street and has a positive uh, grade on that, so it, it drains at least over to to the ditch to the north of uh, Bob Moore's truck shed, his, his newly renovated truck shed there, 
where it could conceivably get in the in the ditch and continue to surface flow from there. So that's uh, that's the proposal on that. And then just looking at page 15, that's what what the mayor was talking about about uh, just a a straight line shot from uh, from the low spot there, basically around the car wash. Uh, then and would this proposes a 30 inch tile that would be 1400 foot of this 30 inch tile that would go out and dump into uh, into Indian Creek. So as you look there uh, left and right of the green line there's an existing 8 inch in there which is Larry's field tile I think and and then you also have this 12 inch uh, and that 12 inch is the, the only one that serves that area right now for drainage purposes. And would you tie, tie those tiles into that line? Basically, my tile system is engineered to take care of my own water. The problem I, that ends up down there is it gets flooded because of the it can't take it away fast. Well, hard rain won't take yours away either, but you, your tile will within a day or two. Yeah, I mean it, it does puddle. But yeah. the key to that is that you got about 24 hours to get the water off your your crops, otherwise they're going to die. Right. And the part I know everybody's real interested in is flipping to that next page, page 16. This was all put together as cost estimates as, as far as uh, estimates for outlaw 20, then 2. You see it struck out that that top section. That is That would be all of the work on the outlaw 20 property, um, not directly pertaining to drainage. But then the bottom of the page, on pages 16, 16 and 17. 17. That's where the got a little out of order there when it was. Uh, All right. I think 16 is before the that big page and 17 is after the big page. I got out of out of order. That that page 16 is showing the cost for that proposed work up at the highway. I'm, I'm out of, it's out of order. It would be before the big, the big page. I got out of order. So yeah, if we're looking at page 16, that is uh, that's that proposed work then crossing Lake Street and that 400 feet of uh, storm sewer, and they're assuming that to be about a 24-inch storm sewer. Um, so uh, Bob and Nate Moore had talked about the drainage through their their property, and right now there's one big. Yeah, it's a hole basically dug in the ditch that where where water drains in into this hole there, and they their ideal situation would be that they have a drainage system through there and they're able to cover that up, and this would then be just another access on onto it the. It was highway. covered up a few years ago, and the state went mm -hmm. back out, and it's actually right on the end of the alley. Yeah. So there was some state participation. Well, they cleaned the ditch there. You bet. State's got issues along there. I mean, need to take responsibility for them. I feel. 
and then flip into page 17, you can see the cost estimate on that outside uh, that outfall line out to Indian Creek. Okay. I thought Morris talked about they wanted that. That would that would be a, a plan change then. Well, I would think that you'd want to walk, uh, run your storm sewer off that Zion addition and from Zion Crafts underground, under Shaven's ground, or Shaven would want to run it underground and hook it into the Salon too. I guess these are all aspects of, of the project that, that we could take a look at. I guess. You know, what's the council's thoughts on this then as a project? Um, the, the committee and the landowners were just very much in favor of, of proceeding along uh, with the project. Um, and I guess the question would be, would, would you look at doing this as one large project? Would you look at it as a phased project where you might do an outfall line first and, and, and some additional work later? What's uh, any thoughts on that? Well, that day at that meeting, we started. We, we talked about starting at the car wash. I'm going to use that as a reference point and going out through the field and get rid of it there first. We got to get that done first, and then maybe. So that would be phase one. Yeah, I, I think it's a, I think it's a phase process. Yeah. So if you do that as phase one, then you could still try to work the state. Yeah. As you're considering on to phase two, kind of show this as a project and see what. Which we're going to have to get permission from the state to go underneath the road anyway. We'll yeah. need a permit, and they will, they'll, they will very much be involved with with what's going on there. But at the same time, you might be able to look for options as far as helping us pay for. Yeah, we can. You know, we'll 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 certainly look, see what's out there. I guess well. Consensus here that is kind of start with phase one and divide it in. Do we need to make a motion to well to get yeah. a phase? You know, get started so we can have planning in place this fall when Larry gets his crops out of the field so we can um, put a bid package if, together. If if this is what the the council is would really like to take a look at, I think what I would really like to do is probably get the the engineer down here. And, and we would work through the, the proposed plans that they have right now, but looking at any tweaks that you guys would look at also. Well, yeah, I, I, I'm in favor of that and take, making that tile instead of a 30, either 36 or 42 for future down the road. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. The, other, the other thing that, that you'll have to make a decision on sometime, but just keep this in the back of your mind then, is the type of tile that you would use. These plans propose to use a plastic. Um, just remember that we make concrete pipe here in town, but it's significantly more expensive. Plastic would be better on that 1,400-foot run than concrete tile. Yep. Because of the seams and whatnot have you over time. Right, Whitey? Yep. <laughs> 
Why he's got a seed leaking in his place now? <laughs> We're on the tile plant there. Uh, what's their? What? What are they doing down there? You know what? That was that was pointed out to me, and I I did uh, went down today and, and at least looked at it, but I had not talked to him. I don't have an answer for it. I talked to Jeff. He said they're just putting a place so they can put more product. That's all they're doing. Level it off so they can store. It looks like they're digging a hole. Now they're making it so they can stack more stuff. Okay. So we need a motion to move forward with phase one of 175 drainage project to get the engineer back up here and tweak the plans. Is that what we need? Good. Yes, I'll make that motion. I'll second that. Roll call. <clears throat> all right, Beckman. Yes. Right. Yes. Muller. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Wolfman. Yeah. Okay, council procedures manual. So, did, did you get that, Rod, as far as that goes? So, we're, we were, uh, uh, the council had made a motion then to, to move forward with this project. We'd look at it as a phase project, that first phase being to put that outfall line out to the to the creek. So, that's that's where we're at then, then for the moment. You talking to me? I'm talking to you. <coughs> Yeah, I heard that. Um, that's good. The, I did. I do want to add two cents in that. Uh, Mr. Baumhover and I went up to the property that we're looking to develop. Uh, it's kind of a swamp up there. I think this is essential to get that area developed as well as the rest of the highway down the future. Like they're saying, prepare for the future because that's where you're going to see some growth. That isn't going to happen unless we get the water out of there because it becomes a swamp. It has to percolate down through. There's nowhere for it to go until it goes into the water table. So thank you for putting this forward because I think that's essential to that whole area. Great. Thank you. You want to talk about the procedures manual? Yeah. We so had the concept brought up about, uh, about a city council procedures manual. And I had presented this table of contents to you, to you last time. Well, this time I included the packet along with it to show you what actually what the what the policy would be, and I guess I'm just real interested in the city council feedback about uh, um, about the general concept of a of a uh, council procedures manual, and it stipulates a lot of uh, the way things would be done. And uh, uh, interested in your comments on that, as far as as whether you'd be interested in having things stipulated. You want to stay a little more loosey goosey. What's uh, what's your thoughts? You got this from Hiawatha? This one's from Hiawatha. Okay. I, I have several examples, and, and they're, they range from, from being a couple pages long to this one's 16 pages long. But, you know, and, and it, I tell you, as you read through this thing, well over half of, of this policy is a restatement of state code on, on procedures and, and stuff. Um, and when you get down to actually the, the amount of, of decisions that would be made by the, the city council about that. It's, it's a lot less than 16 pages worth. So, uh, I'm just interested in your thoughts about that. Whether this is something you want to go down this down this path, or what you're thinking is. It's something where you can look at and make some changes, like F, under whatever period years, or the third agenda, F. All public hearings shall be scheduled for 535. Oh, yeah, yeah, this is all that stuff would be changed. Yeah. This this is this Iowa's policy. We would just go through, use it as a boilerplate, and and update things as as you would think would be appropriate. I guess my my only take on this is if this is something that you think you want to do, it uh, certainly would require a special 
special council meeting, I think, to do that. I believe we need to do it because a few of these meetings have gotten out of hand. Um, I, I've had a lot of comments, you know, uh, from citizens about how the meetings are being handled. Is something we want to uh, try to set a, a special meeting date and take a look at it? That would be a start. Yep. Is this something you would like to jump into here real quickly? Or what's what's your thinking? You need a time frame? Yeah, when <coughs> when might you look at that? I mean we can have a special meeting next Monday again if this is something you wanna you wanna look you look at. Um, I'm open. I mean, I'll be gone. They'll be gone. Yeah, but you can go ahead and have your meeting. That's fine. Let's put. Let's look at. It. Uh, we'll find a date that works for everybody. Then. <coughs> You'd be gone, and then it's the fourth and fifth, which are regular <coughs> meetings, and uh, so it'd be like the eleventh of July would be a, a following Monday, or we can look at some other dates. Or some other days of the week. Leaving the eighth through the fifteenth. Do we have to have it on a Monday? Nope. I just don't have to. Um, I'd, if we could stay away from the Thursday or Friday, that would be great. I'll pick it for Saturday or Sunday. July twenty-five. That's on a Monday. We have no regular council meeting. Everybody will be back in town. I'll get the rest. I probably won't be there, but you can, oh, you can have knee surgery again on the 21st. Oh, you're really? Uh, yeah, that's right. July is a tough month. Yeah, it, it really is. Summer. I mean, it's. Well, I mean, this isn't a, a real pressing issue, but it's a very important issue. <laughs> we want everybody. I think everybody should be here. Shoot for August eighth again. That'd be after first meeting of August eighth. Will you be here, Tammy? Mm -hmm. Where would I be? I can't stay here for me here a little bit. Sure, try. Well, let's. Make August 8th as a goal. Yes. Yep. Okay, the motion to go into closed session. So I'll second. Roll call. Beckman. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Moeller. Yes. Frank. Yes. Waltman. Yes. We do not. Thank you. 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 Thank you.